Hey friends, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message today. Everything that the Lord shows me is designed to impact the kingdom and impact people's lives in a mighty way. And it's my prayer that when you're finished listening to this message, you would be so rooted, grounded, and established in even more of what the Lord has in store for your life. And remember, stay fired up! The title of my message for Sunday morning, October 30th, 2016 is Make the Break. Make the break. Make the break. I love Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is a foundational chapter when it comes to faith and what it means to walk by faith and live by faith. It gives you so much information about how important faith is. And it talks about the patriarchs and all these great people that went before us and fought the good fight of faith. And that those people are now surrounding our lives as a cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 12, which we'll go to. I want to summarize a couple things for you in Hebrews chapter 11 because I think about this often. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have part of the chapter dedicated to all these patriarchs that did supernatural things. They subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. Now, all of these are patterns for today. I can take each one of these things that they did and apply them today. How do we subdue kingdoms now? It's not through our military, even though that is one way kingdoms get subdued. But for Christians in the kingdom of God, we subdue kingdoms by advancing the gospel. One neighborhood, one house, one mama, one papa, one family at a time, one child, one block, one neighborhood, one city. The kingdom of God advances in the hearts of people. Now look around. There's probably 10,000 people represented in this sanctuary this morning. If we take all your social media Facebook friends, all your coworkers, all your family, I guarantee you we got about 10,000 people represented right here. If I get you lit on fire, if I get you living right, you will suddenly shine bright. And the way that you shine will transform and advance the kingdom. I could spend a lot of time and break down all these great things that people did, but that's not my point, but I am going to tell it to you. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. Every demonic force that's trying to accuse the brethren night and day, the Bible says the devil's out to deceive you every night and day. And I have the ability to shut the mouth of a lion every day you got to shut the mouth of the lion because he's telling you lies every day. You can't do it. It's too hard. Can't live this life. Nobody can. It's unrealistic. Living at the cross every day, being sold out, it's just unrealistic. Not demands of Hollywood, social media, the pursuit of wealth and money, where work isn't your God, where you're not living your life just to make the next dollar. I'm not giving you the five steps to be more prosperous. I'm giving you the one step to die. And when you die, you fly. The joy set before you is the cross, but you won't get to the joy till you get through the cross. You won't overcome death and bondage till you die yourself. Now, there's the gospel message. You want to be prosperous? Lay your life down. The Holy Spirit will teach you. you He'll give you the tools and the resources that you need according to your ability. He'll raise you up and be the leader of your life and tell you how to manage. He'll make you a better person. He'll make you successful. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, the wisdom of God, can lead you and guide you through anything and everything you need to know. Yeah! Woo! Can it be that simple, Pastor? It's so simple that most people don't do it. It can't be that simple to die every day, get to the cross. It can't be that simple to lay my life down and not chase after the pleasures of this world. I just want to be happy. Let me give you the definition of happiness. Psalm 1-1. One, one. 
Happy is the man that does not walk in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. I don't know how we mess that up. This is the kind of preaching that needs to be heard today. This is the gospel message of the cross that transforms lives and that Jesus paved the way as the captain of our salvation, which means he was the pathfinder, he was the trailblazer, and he was the forerunner. And because he did it, I can. So if I will walk, run after him and look to him consistently, I can do what he did. And in turn, the way he lived is the way you're supposed to live. And if you'll model the pattern of his life and go ahead and go to the cross, lay down, he'll elevate you and you'll resurrect because there's no resurrection without a death. You want the new you? Die. Dad, I just want to beatbox. I'm so fired up right now. I'm going to make this message awesome because it's an awesome message. The power of the cross, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to us, everybody say, but to me, it's the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul said in Romans 1.16. For it is the power. Power. Everybody say power. power. Oh, so man, these people subdued kingdoms, shut up mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. That's keeping people out of the pit of hell and keeping people from living a lifestyle of hell now because people can live in hell on earth. Yeah. There's people living in torment night and day. These patriarchs, out of their weakness, were made strong. They became valiant in battle. They turned to flight the armies of aliens, and their children were raised to life again from the dead. How many of you want that? Raise your hand. Well, if you want that, there's another side to the story, because that's only a small part of the chapter. Now, I want that too, but that story doesn't always go that way. And I'm going to believe for it in every step of the way. The end of Hebrews 11 says they did all these things but never obtained the promise. Not every story goes the way that you think it should. And the real gospel means that it doesn't always turn out the way you think it will turn out. For example, right after what I just told you comes a little section in Hebrews 11 that says this. Many of the patriarchs were tortured, mocked, slandered, whipped, chained, imprisoned, stoned. Today it might be shot at. Sawn in two, and that's not a magic show. Constantly tempted to give up your faith to the point of death. Wandering around in the wilderness, destitute, afflicted, and tormented. How many of you want that? Listen to what I say. If I'm going to walk by faith, then it takes that. Because you got to understand, if you read the chapter, it says that they refused deliverance so that they would obtain a better resurrection. Cut me in half. No, I will not deny Jesus Christ, when the whole world is screaming at me to do it. There's a great persecution coming, people. You better get ready and make up your mind now, not at the last minute. Because if you're going to take a stand against all the unbiblical truths in our society with gay marriage and homosexuality and the blurred lines of what sin is and isn't, you're going to be outcasted. You're going to be tortured, you're going to be afflicted, people are going to think you're crazy, and you're going to be considered abnormal. Amen. Now, I don't even have to try to be that way. I don't even stand up here and preach hard against 
homosexuality or gay marriage. I know what I stand for. I love the Lord. I preach the truth. I impart it to my family and my community. My main message isn't preaching against anyone's sin, but rather getting people to live on fire by denying themselves and getting you to follow what the Holy Spirit wants you to follow. Because he does the rest. God's called me to be fishers of men, not to clean them too. It's not, I want anyone and everyone to come in here. Gay, married couples, I, married gay couples, I don't care. I'm going to love everybody. You've got to. But you've got to stand up for what's right no matter what, even when it's unpopular. And you will suffer for your faith. You will suffer for your faith. And I'm going to show, you, show that to you more. You just have to understand that in some cases it goes one way and in some cases it goes another. The story of what happened with our daughter didn't go the way that I, that I thought it should have, but now it's produced another story that's made us more powerful in a unique way. And my faith never changed and it never wavered. So because of what I just told you, we have Hebrews 12. And we're going to look a little bit at Hebrews chapter 12. And it starts out with verse 1 saying, Therefore, we also... Everybody say, we also. we also. So if it was them, it's us. Now we're surrounded, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witness, we have to lay aside every weight. Everybody say, lay aside. Lay aside. Every, weight. every weight. You know what the word weight is? The weight is a word that many of you may not know, and it's a word called protuberance. Now, you know every now and then I like to give you a new word you never knew. How many of you know what protuberance is? A few of you do. It's not overly uncommon. Proturbance means a large mass that's weighing you down, that's sticking off of you. It's like a, a heavy tumor or an abscess on your body or an or a unhealthy growth that's come off of your body and now hinders you in your life. It's a weight. It's a mass. And in this particular case, it's a sin because Paul goes on to say, I'm sorry, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, we have to lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us. And many of you have this weight of addiction and lust and all these sinful things that are in your life or these ungodly beliefs that are weighing you down and God wants to cut those out of your life. And he says to lay aside that weight and the sin that ensnares you. To be ensnared means to be thwarted on every side. If I go this way, I'm thwarted. This way, I can't, it does, no matter where I turn, it seems like everything's going wrong and I'm completely hindered in by sin. It means to be beset by sin you know what beset means to be beset means that you're persistently under a threat and being harassed nonstop. that's what sin does it torments you it besets you it's a weight and god wants to break that out of your life the answer to allowing those things out of your life and letting go of them is verse two it means that we have to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And verse 1 said we have to run with endurance. To run with endurance, the word run in the Greek is the word trek. T-R-E-K-H-O, it's treko, but it means to I'm going on a trek. Now, I love to mountain hike. I love to go on treks on trails. I, we don't have any of that here, but I like to go for a trek on the beach. The premise is, is I'm going for a long trek and walk, and I'm running after him full speed ahead, and I'm laying aside every hindrance, and I'm going to overcome every obstacle, and I'm going to make haste to get to Jesus. So the answer is I'm looking and I'm running. Everybody say looking, looking. and running. running. And if we'll look and we'll run with endurance, 
we'll have freedom in our life. We have to be running and looking full speed ahead at him. And to run means that you, it's going to require you ex to exert all of your strength to get to him. And we have to do it with patience for ourselves and with others. Everybody's in process. Yeah. And we're, we're all in unique different places. We must have kindness, mercy, and grace and patience towards each other no matter what the process is. Because the Lord has been so merciful and kind to you, how could we not be merciful and kind to other people? Seriously. People walk in here right off the streets doing drugs, smoking pot, drinking alcoholic, sleep, couples sleeping together. And man, this is a safe place where you can come, experience the Lord and get free and we'll walk with you through that process. Yes. Because for me, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and smoked doobies for a year praying in tongues. Thank God I didn't have some religious weirdo telling me that I was going to hell and how messed up I was. Now, they, I had people preaching the truth, and I had conviction in my heart, but the Lord, through his love and his kindness, lovingly broke that out of me. And so now, because he did it to me, I have people coming up to me all the time saying, man, pastor, I'm struggling with smoking pot. I don't want to anymore. What do I do? What are the steps? And I have the right answers because God has set me from, for, uh, free from it. Now I can help somebody else be set free from it. So we've got to constantly look to Jesus. You know what it means to look to Jesus? It means that my eyes are not on any other distractions. It means that I'm look, anything that would try to take my gaze away, I've got to let go so that I'm always looking directly at him. It's the only way you can do it. It's the only way. Back to verse 2. I said, okay, good. So we, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus, for the joy set before him. Everybody say, for the joy, for the joy. Set, before me. set before me. I know that preaching the cross can be tough and laying your life down can be tough, but if you don't see that there's a joy in it and that something great will come out of it, it'll become religious, arduous tasks. There's a great joy that comes from laying down your life. It's the greatest joy you'll ever have. It's the joy of the Lord, which yeah. becomes your strength. And so Jesus was able to go to the cross and endure because of the joy that was set before him. There was a joy that was set before him. And in order to do it, he had to despise shame. To despise shame, the word despise means I don't even give it a second thought, and I put it to naught, and it has nothing to do with my life. I don't even give shame a second thought. And today is the day that God is breaking people out of shame in the church and breaking people out of hiding where you can find safety in the multitude of counselors, safety in the family of God with people that will love you and walk patiently with you and care for you and break this shame, get you to come into his presence and his light, and in turn, you become a worshiper and you become set free from all the dysfunction. So Jesus did it, therefore we can. It's a critical lesson for all of us. Enduring the cross produces joy. If you lay your life down every day and stop living like the world, living in sin, living like the devil, there's a great joy that's going to come into your life. And it despises shame. We have to constantly consider him. Go to the next verse, verse 3. So we're looking and we're running and we're considering. It means I'm pondering and I'm constantly thinking about Jesus who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. And if I'm not constantly considering, you know what happens? Look at the scripture. You become weary and discouraged. And I've got a lot of weary and discouraged Christians coming around my life. And my job is to get you out of weariness and discouragement. 
but it's not going to be through hyped up, make you feel good, more relevant five points to massage your brain. If you don't consider Jesus who endured such hostility and went to the cross for the joy set before him and you're not looking and running every day of your life, I'd give you no out to not live at the cross every day. None. You want to overcome pornography? You want to overcome lust? You want to overcome the struggles of this world? Get to the cross. You want to get satisfaction in your marriage? Get to the cross. Because this isn't about you. And this is about getting your needs met every day from your spouse. Your needs have to get met every day from Jesus. He's the one that satisfies you. And if your spouse becomes your sole source of meeting your needs, you're going to have a problem. And you'll be headlong in divorce after a short amount of time. I got 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds that have been married 20, 30, 40 years that think they have to have sex every day and they have to keep getting their needs met and just be happy and they're running headlong into divorce because they don't want to live the rest of their life like that. And if you don't understand what Jesus did for his bride and what it means to lay your life down and this isn't about you and getting your needs met, just lay your life down for your wife and then she'll probably want to meet your needs more often. Shaka. I don't know which part of husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church that we don't get. I'm sorry. But not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Your needs must first be met by Jesus Christ so when you become like him, See, if you don't, let's, let's put it this way. If you don't become like him, you don't give him the opportunity to intervene in your life. Yeah, yeah. He said, Jesus, just come change it. And he says, you change. Because when you change, then suddenly you give him the ability to step into your life. Yes. Say, Jesus, yes. where are you? Why isn't this getting any easier? He says, you're not even giving me the ability to get into your life because you haven't died to self. I'm not saying you haven't. Or you have. I'm just using, you just happen to be right in my eye. You're getting it today. You sit right here and you, you're going to get it. <laughs> this is gospel preaching and I'm not letting anyone out. You have got to get to the cross and deny yourself and become disciples because the darkness that's coming is going to divide the believers from the disciples and only the true lovers are going to stand up boldly. Because Matthew 24 says the love of many are going to grow cold in this persecution that's coming. And the Bible also says that people are heaping up for themselves preachers to preach tingly ear messages that you want to hear. And churches are being filled with people that are, that's anti-gospel. More relevant, more smoke and mirrors, more gimmicks, trying to be more relevant to this generation. The only way that we're going to reach people in this generation and what's to come is through the power of God and lightning strikes and prophecy and the move of the Spirit, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and telling people you better get to the cross, because if you don't live at the cross every day, you're going to be consumed and defeated, and you're going to die prematurely. Bam! Shoo! Amen. And I know this, this isn't the most popular message, but this is going to become popular. You know why? Because people are going to see you, and you, and you, and they're going to say, what is it about you? Why aren't you running headlong to the clubs and the bars anymore? You mean you're not sleeping with your girlfriend anymore? What's the matter with you? You don't have premarital sex? You're a, you're a crazy person. You mean you don't drink and do drugs? 
hey, you used to be fun, but I don't even want to hang out with you anymore. I wish you were the way you used to be. Oh, you not, don't have any friends? <laughs> Get some new ones. Somebody call the ambulance. You know how I could be so fired up? I live at the cross. And no, it's not always easy. Denying myself is suffering. Because my soul and my flesh constantly wants to be fed with dysfunction. So the way that I do that is I fight this battle by feeding the spirit. And I say, you know what? Jesus suffered the bloodshed, and I never did. So if he could do it, I can do it. If he could do it, I could do it. You're going to become weary and discouraged if you're not constantly living at this place, I'm telling you. And if you're looking for man to please you or better church or more whatever, the only way you're going to get the fire and live there and be who God's called you to be is, be, is live at the cross. You want to prophesy? You want to pray in tongues? You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? He's not catching, casting his pearls before swine. You got to crucify the pig nature. You got to crucify the animal nature. And not care what anybody says. And look them in the eyes and say, you fill with the Holy Ghost? Oh, no, I don't believe in that stuff. Then you need to be, and let me show you why. Let me tell you what it did for me. Because I know what supernatural experiences do. They establish you. And I got established because I got set on fire, not because I got more religious. You want more religion? You're going to die. You want to get on fire? You're going to die. You can die one way or another. I'm going to choose the fire death. Look at verse 4. We're considering Jesus, right? You haven't resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You know what it means to resist? It's a military term. It means to set a battle array in an army against sin. Jesus did it. He put up an army front and a battle array against sin, and it cost him his life. And I'm telling you, it will cost you your life. But the joy that comes from it's incredible. Hebrews chapter, I'm sorry. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 says it was fitting for him, for Jesus, whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory. So one of the joys that Jesus got was bringing many sons to glory. Me, you. So Jesus went to the cross to get you so that you would come into glory. The word glory means the brilliant, resilient brightness of his image. So now, because he went to the cross, he rescued and ransomed me. Now I go to the cross, and I shine bright, and then you come to the cross, and suddenly all of us are living laid-down lives, shining bright for the king, and we become signs and wonders to everyone. So he became the captain of our salvation, and it happened because he was made perfect through suffering. So you're made perfect through suffering. One of the main ways we're made perfect is to resist sin. And that's hard. I get it. But you can do it. I got faith in you. I got faith in him in you. You don't have to live like the world. You don't have to live the way you lived in the past. I love the word captain. Everybody say captain. Captain. So again, the word captain means leader, originator, pioneer, pathfinder, meaning he's already experienced the suffering we go through. He's already experienced it. And he not only endured, but he triumphed over sin, death, and Satan. He blazed, and today he blazes a new path that, will, that we all must follow. 
and he understands our pain. And in turn, he gives you aid in the time of need. He gives strength to your mortal bodies. He's going to help you. You're not alone. He went through it to help you go through it. Not to be more religious and to get more behavior modification, but to get to the cross every day and, and follow him and live the way he lived. You can do it. He's sanctifying you, and he's not ashamed to call you family. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 18. And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's us, he himself likewise shared in the same. So he shared that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. So how did, how did Jesus destroy Satan? Through the cross. You want to put an end to the demonic attacks in your life, you better get to the cross. It takes death to overcome death. This is the mystery of the kingdom. It takes death to overcome death, which means that you lay your life down. It's not about you. And every day, this isn't a once a week, twice a week thing. It's got to be every day making your priority to spend time with him and abide with him. Where before your job, he comes. When you seek him first before the things of this world. Because we all love to quote Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. But if you read that scripture in context, it's all about not chasing after what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and worrying and being afraid with an anxious mind. The next dollar, the next job, and suddenly we're totally freaked out and all we do is chase after money. That's what heathens and pagans do. Bam! So instead of rushing and every day you barely squeeze in five minutes with a, with a planned agenda with God, you wake up an hour early, you take your lunch breaks and your nights, instead of watching TV, you spend time with him. Yes. And I understand that in today's society, that may not make you more relevant because I don't need to know more secular, I don't even know 98% of the music that's even out there anymore. And I don't even care. I don't need a favorite TV show, and I don't have to binge out. I know some of you do, and that's okay. My wife does. There's not a sin in that. Which is Home and Garden TV. I mean, just I'm like, again? Another flip house show? Can't take it anymore. You just have to understand that you have got to make the break. Everybody say, make the break. You have got to make the break, people. The world and all of its lusts are passing away. You have got to have an enmity, which means a hatred towards the world system. This is the message of the hour. Friendship with the world is hatred with God. I don't care anymore. I don't need social status. I don't need a, this isn't a popularity contest anymore. I have a nice house and I drive a nice enough car. And I don't care whether I did or I didn't because there was a time when I didn't. The point is, is none of that stuff has me, I have it. So he had the power to destroy the enemy because he died. And verse 15 says, he released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Let me tell you one of the greatest things plaguing people's life is fear of death. Yeah. And people are in bondage right here, right now. Some of you are in bondage in night and day fear and worry for your kids, your family, cancer, sickness, ISIS, presidential race, the economy. People are in bondage to addiction and shame nonstop. 
So Jesus would give us an answer. And he would set the captives free. And by him setting you free, now you set others free. The answer is he does it in you so he can do it through you. Preach it a thousand times. Let's say it together. He does it in me me. to do it through me. And until you have it in you, there's no through you. You're not going to rescue and save and redeem and transform and pull people out until you do. So Jesus would set the pattern. And so now he renders aid. Everybody say he renders aid. Verse 16 says, indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. You know who the seed of Abraham is? That's anyone that is born again in Jesus Christ. Now he's rendering aid. Listen, Lord, I don't want to lust after other girls. I never want to cheat on my wife. I don't want to look at pornography. I don't even want to give way to the sexual dysfunction coming down the line through Hollywood, through my TV screen. I don't want to binge out on alcohol and drugs anymore. Render aid, God. Render aid every day in my life. And my aid comes through my daily bread every day, and you can never afford to not get it. Because one day, two days maybe, but three days you've leaked out, and suddenly you're edgy, you're grumpy, and then you check out. You don't get any out to not be a disciple living at the cross. None. I'm out to raise up an army, and I expect you to be it. I'm putting an expectation on you, and it's not unrealistic. Every one of you. What's coming down this line, we will be a sign and wonder to this city and the nations of the world. I already know it. And the answer is not going to be in all of our gimmicks and hype. It's going to be, man, those people are sold out, and there's power. Sound the alarm. This is a Holy Ghost party. My mom, she, my mom has therapists and all these doctors and nurses that come and see her every week. She says, I'd invite you to, to a party. They're like, I like parties. All right. Okay, yeah, it's at my church. Wait, church? I don't really go to church. She says, no, it's a party. Because this is, I mean, I couldn't be having any more fun. You shouldn't be either. For the joy set before you, you can make the break. So he gives aid. Look at verse 17. I love this. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like us. So God, this is the essence of the gospel for all of us. That Jesus Christ, the son of God, God himself would come down into, into, into the flesh and live like we live so he can fully understand and have mercy and understand exactly what we go through as a faithful high priest. So he was made like us. He understands. And he made a propitiation. Propitiation means that he reconciled you. He balanced the books. When you failed, he made it right. When when the books were unbalanced, he forgave you and made you right. He put you into right standing. He paid the price to reconcile you back to himself. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to aid those who are being tempted. One of the things that's happened through what Amber and I went through is that we suddenly have a new message and a new testament to help people that have been through what we've been through. And now I can understand together what other people have been through now like never before. And that, that didn't go along my initial theology lines because I wanted the part of Hebrews 11 said that, where it said their dead were raised to life, and it didn't happen. Instead, 
I got the other part, but I still walk by faith. Because I understand faith subdues kingdom, no matter what happens in front of me. I also understand this world is temporary. I know that we've got eternity to take hold of. That's right in front of us. So Jesus shared. He participated and he took part and he still does. And it was by him being made like us that he can have mercy and be faithful as a high priest. And so when we are or are subject to bondage all of our life, he gives you aid. And when you get aid, you give aid. When you overcome, you can help others overcome. When you suffer against sin, you know him. And now you can help others do the same. So there's a true test of those who know God. The true test is that you do what he tells you to do. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. Now by this we know that we know him. How do I know that I know him? How do I know if somebody knows him? They're doing what he tells them to do and they're keeping his commandments. That's discipleship. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we're in him. He who says he abides in him ought to himself also walk as he walked. I'm raising the bar high today, everybody. Because I got too many people running to divorce. I got too many people living selfishly. I got too many people thinking they need to be happy in all the wrong ways. And looking to their spouse to meet their needs and fighting and bickering and living selfish, lascivious lifestyles that destroy you. You ought to walk as he walked. Say, I ought to walk walk. as Jesus walked. I'm going to leave you with one last scripture, and then we're going to pray for you this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself. Everybody say, I'm going to arm myself. Now, I am pro-gun. Just so I'm pro-God, pro-gun, pro-America. And protection. Thank you. But I'm armed in a different kind of way. I am fully armed right now. And you got to be armed full time, all the time. Now, here's how you arm yourself. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same mind. Suffer in the flesh, people. Deny yourself. I don't care what you got to do. Cancel your Facebook. Turn off your cable. I don't care what you got to do if that's what it takes. Lock down your iPhones. Get some accountability. Get into relationship. Suffer as Christ suffered. Arm yourself with the same mind. I'm armed and dangerous to the enemy's camp. Because there's few people, and I'm not boasting and bragging, there's few people like us and like me that are sold out and living all in. I don't see a lot of them. I just traveled around the country. I went to a lot of places, a lot of cities, and saw a lot of people. I'm just telling you right now, if you're going to live this lifestyle, you're the odd man out. You're going to be abnormal. Your own family's going to persecute you. People are going to tell you what's the matter with you. In fact, let's keep reading. So, arm yourself with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So suffer in the flesh, and you'll cease from sin. Verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. So I'm now no longer living for the lusts of men, but I'm now living for the will of God. I'm not living in the flesh anymore. I'm living for the will of God. Now, this is so applicable. Verse 3, you've spent enough time. 
Haven't you? Isn't enough enough already? I mean, come on, I've partied enough and done enough and done enough dumb things for 10 lifetimes. At some point, you say enough's enough. And if you're 18, 20, 21, young adult, take my advice. Don't go down the road I went. You don't need to do what I did to learn your lesson. Stop the dysfunction now. Don't, don't do the things that I did. Don't go through what I went through. Learn the lesson. Enough's enough. You spent enough time in your past life doing the wills of the Gentiles. In this case, it'd be the will of those that don't know God. You walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, reveries, drinking parties. No, they're not okay. You're going to go hang out with all your frat buddies and do beer pong? Not okay. Sorry. Ten shots of tequila, let's go get wasted? Not okay. Sorry. You don't live the way you lived before. And what's going to happen is, is when you don't do that, look at what verse 4 says. They're going to think it's strange, which means they're going to set up a resort in their mind full time against you. And it means that they're going to not understand why you don't run with the same flood of dissipation and they're going to speak evil of you. And they're, and they're the ones that are ultimately going to be judged for it. But the point is, is that people are going to think you're strange and they're going to speak evil of you. You're going to lose friends and you won't be popular and you're going to be persecuted. How's that for gospel for you? Now, here's the great news. Woo, yeah, what comes out of that? Now, I'm not telling you be ultra-religious, and I'm not, I'm not an abolitionist. I'm not an alcohol hater. I'm not telling you you can never drink. If you, are, if you have had addictive personalities and were an alcoholic, you need to lay it down, and you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, period. I do not believe once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I believe God transforms you and changes your life. But you got to be bridled by the Holy Spirit and do what he says. Right. The point that I'm telling you is, is lewdness and drunkenness are sins. Running to drinking parties with your old buddies and hanging out at the bar again while you drown in your sorrows is not who you are. Yeah. And the only way you're going to crucify that thing is by running to the cross and considering him who laid his life down. And in turn, you're going to be set free. And the joy that comes with it is awesome. I love my wife. We have, we, we've been through a lot of hardship together. We've had a lot of dying, but I wouldn't trade her for anything. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me after Jesus. I love my family. I love this church. I love my life. I'm fired up. God's blessed me, took me from prison and living on the streets to owning businesses and having a church like this. And I'm no way going to compromise and water down the gospel because if we don't become laid down lovers, we will not stand against what's coming down the pipeline and shine bright the way he's called us to shine. And look, I want power. I want real power. I don't want power that is miracle water to get you to buy something. I'm not out to just be more demonstrative. What I want is to be authentic. And what I know is, is I have the wind and the power of God propelling me when I'm living at the cross. The cross must be first. Death must come first. And out of that comes resurrection and supernatural power. You want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed? Get to the cross. You want to be lit on fire? Get to the cross. You want to see power? Cast out demons? Get to the cross. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and shock out a and pray the mysteries of God? Get to the cross. You want joy in your life? Get to the cross. You want to overcome dysfunction? Get to the cross. Every day, live there full-time, 24-7, and you are going to be so blazing, torching, transformed that you will, you will subdue kingdoms and transform lives all around you. And your children, should I even say about your children, our children, our sons and daughters, our daughters are going to walk up, they're going to see you praise, and they're going to lift their hands, and they're going to live for Jesus all the days of their life. 
That's what we're going to do. Let's all stand. I'd like to ask my prayer partners and my ministry team to come up. There's a reason why the Lord had me preach this message today. Here's why. I am asking you today, I'm asking you to make the decision to live full-time 24-7 at the cross. I understand it'll be hard. I understand suffering will come with it. But I will commit to fighting the fight together with you. So will this church. How many will commit to fighting that fight with each other? Raise your hand. Just look around. 250 people this morning are making the decision to fight together the fight. You're not alone. And can you imagine you're talking about the supernatural with your family and it's like, oh yeah, that happened to me yesterday. That's normal. Instead of talking about it with people that don't know the Lord and aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost, they say, you're a weirdo. You're a goofball. You're kooky. You say, just pray in tongues when they do that. The world is looking for people that shine bright like a bonfire. You set yourself on fire so that all the world can see you burn and then they run to it themselves. And here's what's happening. I got a lot of Christians living half, halfway. Many of you are hooked into drugs, alcohol, pornography, and there's, you got a righteousness issue. And the only way it's going to be resolved is to get to the cross. And I'll sit there with you because I got to go every day myself. I got to go every day myself, guys. I'm in the fight too. And today I'm calling you further. I'm calling you higher. I'm raising the bar. When you walk out of this church today, I want you to walk out with a different set of eyes. I want you to walk out with a different hunger in your heart. I want you to walk out with a different belief system to say this isn't going to be about me anymore. I'm going to lay my life down fully for my bride, and then I'm going to lay my life down for the bride of Christ. And I'm going to find peace and joy in him, because that's where it really comes from. And I want to be like Jesus. And if you've got sin in your life, if you've been living halfway, if you've been living in fear and shame, look at all these people up here to pray for you. Don't leave today the same. Let somebody pray with you. And you can come kneel at the steps or kneel at the front. You can get your children and bring them back. This is a place, this is a house of healing. This is a place for us to not just go through the motions of church, but to get lit up. Woo! I want to be so on fire for him. And I want you to be the same. So if you need prayer this morning, if you need to repent of sin, if you're not born again, if you're backslidden, come on. Tell somebody up here, listen, I've been hooked in to a lifestyle of sin and I don't want it anymore. You don't have to confess it or you can. Just say, I need help. I don't want to live the same anymore. You've been chasing after the American dream and consumed by jobs and money. Break that thing out. Break it out. This is your day to come home to the Lord and to get to the cross. So if you need prayer, come on up this morning. If you're hooked in addictions, fear, worry, shame, and doubt, come on up. Get your life free. I'm going to pray for you guys and dismiss you. You can come up. I love you all so much. I love you all so much. Let's do this. You got this. You got this. Let's push. We're doing it together as a family. So, Father, I want to thank you so much for aid. Just tell them, Lord, I need help. I need aid.
Render aid, God. Every day of my life, help me. Have mercy. Have mercy upon me, Lord. As I run to the cross every day of my life, I want to know you, God, for who you really are. I want to live for you, for who you really are. I want to be everything that I know I'm called to be. And Lord, I speak that faith and that comfort and that confidence into everybody's heart this morning. That we won't be swayed by what the world says, but that we'll go all in, all the way with you every day of our lives. We can do this. Sanctify us, God. Separate us out from the things of this world and cause us to live even more on fire than we've ever lived before. And I bless everybody here as you go. I speak supernatural dreams and visions into your life. I declare that you are going to be everything he's called you to be. And when you walk out of here, something is going to be different about you. Because it won't be about you anymore. That's my prayer. Full speed ahead. We're running. We're making haste and we're trekking. Through every obstacle, we're overcoming. I bless your life today as you go. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a message from David Bindet, Senior Pastor of Rock City Church in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. David's prayer is for a deeper understanding of God's love and purpose for your life, and that all of us would grow into a greater awareness of our identity in Christ. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stay fired up.